I'm pulling out of the driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for another drive to work. Okay, last time I started a podcast on Unhinged where I was going to go through every card in the set, all 140 cards, and then talk about the set through the cards. So at the end of the podcast yesterday, which was a slightly longer than normal podcast, I went to the dentist, um, I, or sorry, last time you heard my podcast, uh, I uh, got through 18 cards out of the 140. So I did some math, uh, and I realized that if I kept at the same pace, I was going to have more podcasts than I did on Theros, or close to what I did on Theros, and that was a little long. So I've decided I'm going to continue, but I'm picking up the pace. So um, I'm going to... I think as I get to things where I've already told the major part of the story, I'll, I'll mention the card. But I'm going to try to tell more stories of the cards that matter. And I might be speeding through a few cards just because I want to get through all the cards. But I want to do this not in 8,000 podcasts. So uh, bear with me. So the first card today is Card Pecker, which is one in a U for a 1-1 one, one flying creature. And it has Gotcha. Um, and whenever the opponent touches the table you get to get the card back from the graveyard. So what gotcha is, let me tell you about gotcha. Gotcha was a mechanic where if you did the thing that gotcha said you're not supposed to do, your opponent could say, gotcha, and then get the card out of the graveyard, put it back in their hand. Um, uh, I think I talked about this in my lessons learned. Of all the things I did in the set, this mechanic was the biggest mistake of the whole set. And the reason was... Um, one of the fun things about unsets is just the wacky things that you get to do and the fun and you want, we want to make something that's just enjoyable and fun. But in order to avoid the gotcha, what you needed to do was kind of shut down. Don't talk. Don't move. Don't, like, you were so concentrated on, like, the problem I learned is when we were playtesting it, our attitude was whatever. You know, we'll just do what we try to do and have fun and, you know, see if we can also not do the thing we're not supposed to do. Oh no, we did it. Ha ha. But the people that uh, are, were trying harder not to do it, like just, if you, if you don't want to say a word, don't talk. You know, if you don't want to laugh, never try to, you know, joke about anything. Like, we did things that just made people shut down, and that's bad. The mechanics of the fun set should not, not let you have fun and laugh and, and, and do things. So, um, anyway, that, that is uh, definitely one of the things that we try to do, and, and I feel like gotcha was a mistake. I'll, I'll talk about other gotcha cards as I get to it. Next is Carnivorous Death Parrot. Carnivorous Death Parrot. That's hard to say. Uh, 1U for a 2-2 flyer. Uh, and at the beginning of every upkeep, you have to say, um, save a, you have to read the flavor text of this card. Save a kill spell to deal with this guy. So this card, a lot of people didn't realize the joke of this card, which was the flavor text that you have to recite has one word from each. There's a cycle of five cards at Common that are word-based gotcha cards. Uh, one of each color, and this guy, this the parrot makes you say one word that triggers each of the gotcha cards. So the idea was, if this thing's in play, it will like you can't avoid but to trigger the gotcha stuff. So that that's kind of what's going on, you know. Because normally a one u two two flyer is pretty good, um, but you had to remember to recite his flavor text, a little bit of memory, and it played against the gotcha cards. So that's what we do in the Cadaver's Death Parrot, and, and it's a parrot because you have to keep repeating the same thing. That's why it's a parrot. Cheap ass. So cheap ass is one W for a one three and a half. Spells you play cost a half less. Um, so the interesting thing about this cycle, the, the ass cycle, if you will, was I figured out different expressions using the word ass. This one was cheap ass. We had bad ass I talked about last time. Uh, and then I figured out what the card did based on that. Um, this card just took advantage of fractions. This fractions were something unique to the set. Um, the thing I liked about fractions was it allowed us to do cards that were relatively simple, 
um, because just referencing fractions was enough to be an uncard. And so uh, this card's one of those cards, by the way, that like in number starts to do something. Um, usually reducing by half isn't particularly... I mean, it does allow you to get one... If, if you have like... You know, if you have... Or normally you couldn't cast it because you're one mana shy. This lets you do that. Um, so it, it did help you cast spells. It was particularly good when you got multiples out. Cheaty face. So Cheaty face technically cost blue, blue, blue for a 2-2 flying creature, and you may sneak it into play at any time without paying its mana cost. Uh, a lot of people misunder- misunderstand this card. I mean, in past tense, currently misunderstand this card. What the card lets you do, and the template of this could have been better, is here's what the ability of the card is. If it is in your hand, if you legally got the card in your hand, it's in your hand, you are allowed to try to sneak it into play. If you're able to sneak it into play without them noticing, then it stays in play. If not, then it gets removed from the game. Um, so the idea essentially is it's a card that's free if you're able to sneak it in. But the, the penalty is if they catch you, it goes away. A lot of people seem to think this card says, you may cheat in any way you want, anyhow. And like that's not actually what the card says. Um, if you are doing something else with Cheaty Face, you are actually cheating. Now, maybe your playgroup has a house rule that lets you do shenanigans with Cheaty Face, and that's fine. But be aware, if you're in a tournament or someplace where you're following the official unrules, this card allows you to cheat it from your hand where you legally drew it into play. It does not allow you to just cheat however you want to get it into play. Um, the funny story, I mean, there's lots of funny stories in Cheaty Face. One of my favorite stories is Randy Bueller... Um, was playing, I think it was at the pre-release, or he was playing Unhinged, I'm not sure where he was playing, and the way he managed to sneak it in is he had his daughter, his baby daughter with him, and she was sitting next to him, and so he snuck it in under his baby daughter. I, I thought that was good. Next is Circle Protection Art. Uh, so it's 1W for a Circle Protection. Uh, as it comes into play, you choose an artist, and then you can prevent damage to that artist. Um, also, uh, you can spend, so 1 and W to prevent damage from the chosen artist, and one in W to return the card to your hand. The reason you return it to your hand is so you can reset the artist. Um, so it's funny. The original version of this card was done by Pete Venters, and it was uh, a wizard protecting himself against famous bad art for magic. Bad in quotation marks, but things that players had often thought of as not great art. Um, when we redid it, because that was done for Unglue 2, it ended up being... It, it changed. The new version now protects you from classical artworks. Um, but I think the alternate one might have been done on a promotional card. Um, anyway, next, City of Ass. Uh, oh, there are eight Ass cards. So there is uh, Asquatch, there is the five-card cycle, there's Ass Whooping, and there's City of Ass. So City of Ass comes by tapped, and you tap to add one and a half colors of mana. Now, when this card originally came out, the game had mana burn. So the idea was the one and a half was meant to be kind of a penalty, because often... A lot of the time, you were taking half mana burn. Now, in some ways, this card is just better than City of Brass, because City of Brass, you take a damage for every mana you get, and this only gave you half a, half a life damage for tapping it. Now, with mana burn gone, the card's even better. It's actually pretty good. Um, it is just an, uh, a City of Brass that doesn't hurt you, and if you have multiples, you know, or, or you're playing on where you have uncost, um, it allows you to get extra stuff out. Okay. Oh, by the way, this uh, card art was done by, um, I think it's John Avon, and it, it's very, very funny. If you haven't noticed, there's a lot of subtle butts in it uh, for those that enjoy subtle butt humor. Uh, and the reminder text of this card is butt, B-U-T, da-da-da. Okay, next, Collector Protector. Three white-white for a 2-5 creature for a human gamer. 
Uh, and then for white, you can give an opponent a non-land card you own from the game and prevent one damage. Now, by give, it's permanently, you're giving away, here's a card, I'm never getting the card back. Um, one of the things that we do in uh, silver border sets, we don't do in black border sets anymore, is permanent change of ownership. Uh, that's something that we do not do in black border. Anti-cards used to do that, we don't do it anymore. So the idea of collector protector is, I can just give away excess cards I don't need to protect myself. Um, also notice this is Creature Stripe Gamer. I was only, uh, at the time I explained last time that this was actually adding real creature types to Blackboard of Magic because at the time Silver Border creature types counted. They don't anymore, sadly. Um, but anyway, I did add Gamer. I thought Gamer was a fun one to add that you could use your Volvox Laboratory and make Gamers. I thought that was hilarious. Um, okay. Oh, oh, by the way, the Flavor Texas card is here. Have a Mud Hole. Mud Hole is one of the cards I made that's considered one of the worst, one of my worst designs ever uh, from Odyssey. Although it's a rare. Okay, creature guy, three and three and a green for three three creature with gotcha. Whenever your opponent says creature or guy, um, then you get to say gotcha and get this back. So one of the things we did is the words that you couldn't say, we made in the I believe they're in the name. So not only are you not supposed to say these words, but if you reference the card by name, you're saying the words. That's part of the joke. So. Like, you can't say creature or guy. Well, those are the two words you can't say. Um, and he's a beast, by the way. Um, also, the, this five cycle has a limerick on it. Um, we did a limerick in the previous and unglued on the double cards. Uh, and so we decided to do another limerick. So there's a limerick on this card. Next, Curse of the Fire Penguin. 4RR. For a card that nobody understands. is enchant creature. So here's what you're supposed to do with Curse of the Fire Penguin. When you cast Curse of the Fire Penguin, you turn it upside down... And notice that this card fits over a normal card. It's got a creature type line, a rules text, and a power toughness. You're supposed to take all three of those elements and place it on top of the card you're enchanting. So the card you're enchanting now becomes a 6-5 creature um, with trample. Uh, and what does it say? When you... Uh, yes. Oh, and when the creature dies, you get Curse of the Fire Penguin back. So the idea is, I spend my six mana to turn a creature into a 6-5 Trampler. And then when that, that enchanted creature dies, I get back Curse of the Fire Penguin. So why, why didn't we make it clear in the... What happened was, we couldn't find reminder text that fit. Notice, because we had to fit the room to fit the upside-down card to go on top of the card, we only had two lines of um, rules text. The, they tried and tried and tried and could not find two lines that actually did it. So we decided to go with the more funny didn't quite clearly explain it because we couldn't explain it clearly and so we went with more of a let's make it kind of fun and weird it is one of the cards that's confused the most people uh, I was hoping that the layout would help explain people that if you see me turn upside down it fits right on top of the card but anyway that's what you do next deal damage 2RR to deal 4 damage with gotcha if you say deal or damage uh, so this is another part of the uh, with, this is another card that has the reminder uh, sorry has the limerick on it uh, and it's another one of the cycle of gotcha, say two word cards. Next, double header. Three UU for a two three flying creature. When it comes into play, you may unsummon a creature that has a two word title. So this is a card that's making reference to the number of names in a title. Something can't be done in Black Border because in Black Border, all cards are equivalent. So whether you have an English, English version or a non-English version, it's all the same. So... It's, it couldn't be like, well, in English it's one word, but in French it's two words. That, that doesn't work in Magic. If it affects one card, it always affects that card the same way. It doesn't matter in Black Border what version you're playing of the card. Silver Border, it matters. 
Uh, note that this card, by the way, does itself have a two-word name. So you can do shenanigans um, where it can return itself. So you can spend three mana if, if you need to trigger something. Or uh, it, it, We purposely gave it a two-word name. Um, and Doubleheader was cute. Notice that it references the fact that it gets two named things, but it itself is a creature with double heads. Anyway. Next, Drawn Together. This is an enchantment, a white enchantment, for two white-white. Uh, as Drawn the Time comes into play, choose an artist. Chosen creatures by the artist get plus two, plus two. Uh, this card was illustrated by Pete Venters, and it is full of all the different cards Pete Venters did. So if you're a fan of Pete Venters, Pete Venters for a while, I don't think this is true anymore, um, for a while was the artist that had drawn more magic cards than any other artist. I think other people have passed him. I think he might still hold the title. I mean, he's made, made hundreds of cards. Um, but anyway, Pete had a lot of fun with this. Um, Pete also did the circle protection art. He did this one. Um, Pete Venters used to, by the way, work at Wizards. He was on the creative team. Um, for example, the, the era of Tempest. He's the one that did the names and flavor text and card concepting for Tempest, for example. Anyway, drawn together um, was another of our artist matter cards. The idea is, oh, well, if you play... This is, this is if you play a creature deck all by people the same artist. Uh, you know, plus two, plus two, it's, it's very, very good. So it's another thing pushing that direction. Duh. So this is a black instant for uh, B. It says, destroy target creature with reminder text. And then the reminder text for reminder text, because, of course, you have to have reminder text telling you what reminder text is. It says, reminder text is any italicized text in parentheses that explain rules you already know. <laughs> That's for us making fun of reminder So a lot of people uh, dislike reminder text. Uh, the reason is they find it insulting that we have to tell them, and I keep kind of say to them, if you know what it means, the reminder text isn't for you. Um, but there are people out there that really, really get upset by reminder text. And, I mean, we don't stop doing it because uh, the people who need it need it, and I don't care the people who don't need it get frustrated by it because it's not for you. So stop reading it, I, you know, much I can say. Um, uh, and this also has a, um, the flavor text on this is a post-it note. Um, also, if you notice in the art, by the way, that the creature in the art, it, it looks like uh, lightning, but the creature in the art is being um, squished by parentheses. They're like lightning parentheses, but they're parentheses, uh, making fun of the reminder text. There's a lot, by the way, you really got to look at the art in Unhinged. There's a lot, the artists really got in on the jokes, and there's a lot of really, really fun, like, if you kind of look at what's going on, the, the fact that, like, the, the, the guy who does, like, reminder text, it, it's, he's being crushed by parentheses is funny. Next, dumbass. So this is part of the ass cycle. Um, so this is 2R for a 3.5, 2. Um, at the beginning of your upkeep, flip a coin. If you lose the flip, target opponent chooses uh, whether a dumbass attacks each turn. So the idea is half the time, you, I mean, it's a, 2R for a 3.5, 2 is a very uh, good statted creature. The downside is half the time you don't get to control whether you attack or not. And he's got a two toughness, so a lot of times it's like, oh, I can block and kill him. Okay, I'm going to make you attack. So um, the idea is, once again, this was a top-down to the name Dumbass. Um, well, what would Dumbass do? And we're like, well, what if he was powerful but not real smart? Uh, and that was our... our uh, the other thing that we did was um, we didn't do any dice rolling in Unhinged, but we did a little bit of coin flipping. Uh, randomness is fun. Um, I mean, I look back at Unhinged, and I go, maybe I made a mistake. Maybe I just should have had dice rolling in it. I, I, I like variants, especially in silver border sets. But um, anyway, I, this was a top-down dumbass. Next, Elvish House Party. Four green and green for a star-star creature. And Elven House, Par- Elven House Party has a power and toughness um, equal to the hour using a 12-hour system. So uh, here in America, 
uh, we have 1 through 12 a.m., 1 through 12 p.m. And so whatever hour it is, if it's 11.42, it's 11.11. It's 2.33, it's a 2.2. Um, and so one of the things that's fun about this card is it matters when you play it. There's not a lot of... Obviously, Black Border card never does it, but something in Silver Border card we don't do that much is the idea of this... For example, if you're playing this card either at noon or at midnight, it's a 12-12. It's a really good for six mana. If you're playing this at one... You know, it's a 1-1. One, one. That's a horrible cost for one mana. So there, there are some fun stories, for example, of somebody playing in a tournament that began at noon and it's like 12.59 and so they're, they're casting spells and doing things because the only way to deal with the thing is to get the game to 1 o'clock. Next, MC. Two and a white for a zero-one creature. Um, whenever another creature enters the battlefield, you have to say, now... What is it? Now entering? Oh, Presenting. Presenting, and you say the name of the creature, and then it comes and play with a plus one plus one counter. So this is a good example of a card we can kind of do in Black Border Magic, but with a little added something that we can only do in Silver Border Magic. And we could make a card that just has all cre- all your creatures come to play with a plus one plus one counter. But we decided that to make it an uncard, we added a vocal component. A because there's a there's there are things in in uh, Silver Border that care about what you say, and we like the idea that. Um, that you could forget. You had to remember to do this, you know. And it also, one of the things that's fun is we like you to do things in which it it makes the overall thing fun. That when you're playing in a tournament and you hear people presenting, you know, it it we do a bunch of things where if you're playing in an un-tournament that there's just things going on around you that you understand what they are, but it's fun that you're hearing other games happening. Uh, and, and that's a key, key part of it. Enter the dungeon. Black, black for a sorcery. Uh, players have to play a sub-game of magic under their table starting at 5 life, um, using their, using their uh, libraries as their decks, and then after the subgame ends, the winner gets to go through his library and, and demonic tutor for two cards, basically. Go get two cards. Um, so we did a subgame. Each of the unsets has done uh, a subgame. Uh, subgame was first done by Scheherazade. Richard did it in Arabian Nights. And a subgame is stop this game, go play another game, and then come back. Um, once more with feeling was the subgame in Unglued, uh, enter the dungeon. So somebody, we wanted to do a sum game. I'm trying to, did I come up with this one? I'm trying to remember who came up with this. The idea was, let's do a shorter sub game. Um, so only to five life, just to make, this is not as long. One of the problems with sub games is they take forever. Like, okay, let's do a shorter sub game. And we were just trying to find a way to add a little spice to it. And I, I, I don't know if it was me. Somebody came up with the idea of, let's make you play under the table. Because mo- most of the time you're playing on a table. Um, oh, which the rules question is, what do you do if you're not playing on a table? And the answer is, do the best you can. My favorite is, if you're playing on the floor, if you're capable, go to the floor beneath that. But anyway, do, do the best you can, improvise if you're not playing at a table. Um, but anyway, this definitely uh, led to a lot of fun. I know when I did the unhinged uh, pre-release, um, I, I, ju- I, I judged it dressed as a, a, um, as a donkey, uh, and I made numerous rulings under the table, which was always fun. And I, I, was, I always climbed under the table. When there was a ruling under the table, I climbed under the table. Um, yeah, and, and the art is of two wizards actually fighting under a table, so if you've never noticed that. Next, Erase. Not the Urus's Legacy one. 2W. Um, if you control one or more permanents uh, that share an artist, you may play a, a race, not the Urus's Legacy one, without paying its mana cost. Okay, so the, thing, the key to this card is that it's free if you happen to have two, two, two permits to share the same artist. Um, I, one of the things we were trying to do is, in Unglued, I wasn't as conscious about making it self-sufficient for draft 
um, partly because of how long it was, and partly because I thought you'd be drafting with other things. What I realized after Unglued is no matter much how much I told people that you could mix it with other stuff, people like to play it by itself. So we built this one so that if you played it by itself, the, the things you needed were there. I needed enchantment removal. I made this card, tied it into the artist theme. The funny thing is the card was originally called Erase. and the Because uh, if you look at the um, card art, there's literally an eraser erasing what's going on in the picture. Um, and then after I made the card, I discovered that there was already a card named Erase in Urza's Legacy. Uh, and then I said, okay, and, and I embraced that. And so I just changed the name to er- Erase, not the Urza's Legacy one. Uh, but anyway, that's one of those happy coincidences where, like, that name is so, so much better. Uh, I mean, I'm kind of happy it, it was in Urza's Legacy. Next, Eye to Eye. So this is another cycle. We had a mini-game cycle where you had to stop and play a mini-game. So this one is two and a black. You and target creature's controller have a staring contest. If you win, destroy that creature. Now, I, by the way, am not particularly great at staring contests. I'm okay, but not wonderful. Um, but the idea was there's a cycle of cards, one each color. I think they're uncommon. Where stop the game, do a little mini sub-game, a sub-game that's not very long. and Not, not a magic sub-game, but a different game. Uh, a black is a staring contest. Uh, face-to-face. Oh, so you can tell that the cycles are all blank to blank. Body part to body part. So the next one is face-to-face. This is the red one. One R. You and target opponent play the best two out of three rock, paper, scissors. If you win, it deals five damage to that opponent. So it's a lava axe for one cheaper, but you have to win two out of three rock, paper, scissors. Okay, farewell to arms. One BB for an enchantment. As farewell to arms comes into play, choose a hand attached to to an opponent's arm. Um, When that chosen hand isn't behind its owner's back, sacrifice um, farewell to arms. Uh, And if you do, the opponent has to discard his or her hand. Oh, so the idea is um, one of black sub-themes in the unsets is physical stuff, where it forces you to have your opponent to have some physical... Well, either it forces you to do some physical constraint or forces your opponent to do some physical constraint. Uh, it adds a little physicality to magic. Ma- normal magic play does not have a lot of physicality. I mean, early, early in magic was like Chaos Orb, but we stopped doing that. So definitely, I don't know a lot of it, and it's related to one color, so if you really hate the physicality stuff, uh, I mean, your opponent might play it, but you, you stay out of black. Um, or just don't play the cards you don't like. Um, and this one was definitely fun, where it, it makes you not be able to use one of your arms. Um, if you play two of these cards, you can make someone not use both their arms. Um, the one nice thing about it is, it does have a buyout clause, which is, if you just don't want to do the shenanigans, there's a cost to buy it. It's like, okay, just throw away your hand, and then you don't have to do the shenanigans. So another very common thing with this card is, for someone to use up their whole hand, have an empty hand, then use their arm, because they no, there's no longer a downside. Fascist Art Director. One WW for 2-2. Two, two. WW, Fascist Art Director, gains protection from the artist of your choice will end your turn. Um, and, oh, and by the way, the flavor text is, I believe, it, uh, a letter to, um, I think the parents of... J- Jeremy Cranford was the art director at the time. And I think it's a letter to his parents um, talking about how he's cruel and he'll make a good art director. Um, anyway, we're just having fun. You know, we were trying to poke fun at ourselves. So there's different roles. So the art director is someone who, the person who picks what artist do what card. So we do a lot of behind-the-scenes things here. You'll see um, in a minute we'll, we'll get to um, uh, another. There's a bunch of cards here. Like the first Unglued reference, uh, the Ultimate Nightmare of Wizards Cost Customer Service. That's part of the team. Uh, this set references editors and R&D. And anyway, we, we kind of like making references of this. Um, and by the way, the, one of the funny things about this card is read the board behind the guy. Um, uh, Ed Beard, who did this art, uh, Ed Beard, feed me, uh, Ed, Ed, 
uh, Feed Me Beer Jr. Um, he put a lot of funny things on the board. You want to read it. Um, so, by the way, you might notice that all the names have little nicknames. And so, because it was a, an artist matter set just for a little fun, we let all the artists have nicknames. And the way it worked is we told each artist they could pick their own nickname. If they didn't want to pick their nickname, we picked one for them. I think we then ran it by them. Um, but anyway, just to play out the artist themes, we gave all the artists nicknames. Uh, and I think if an artist shows up multiple times, each card gets a unique new nickname. I think that's how we did it. Next is Fat Ass. Fat Ass is 4G for 2, 3.5. It gets plus 2, plus 2, and trample as long as you're eating. So uh, the funny story behind this card is we have a whiteboard in R&D where occasionally we write up questions. A lot of times they're serious questions, but sometimes they're goofy questions. Uh, and I put up on the board, and this was an actual question, is, is gum food? So the question was, if you're chewing gum, should fat ass get its bonus? Uh, and we eventually ruled, no, in the FAQ, gum is not food, um, and that you have to actually be eating something. You can't just be chewing gum. Um, and the idea of this card is this is another meta card, which is like, okay, if I want to maximize this card, I need to have food. So normally when you go to a magic tournament, the list of things you need to bring are like my cards, my deck box, my counters... Maybe a, a dice to roll, a pad of paper to keep your score. Ah, but an unhinged tournament, you need to bring extra things. Like, for example, some food to eat. Next, first come, first serve. One W. The attacking or blocking creature is enchantment. The attacking or blocking creature with the lowest collector number has first strike. If two or more creatures are tied, they all have first strike. So the idea here was that it, uh, this is a good example of a white card. That on the surface, it feels like it's trying to be super even. But did you happen to notice that white comes first on collector number? Um, and so I wanted to do a card that cared about collector number. I just thought I'm trying to find different things about the card to care about. Collector number is not something that you can care about in Black Border. Um, and so the idea was, oh, what if we, um, what if we did something in which collector number mattered? And so the idea was the lower collector number, the better. Ironic, or not ironically, but. In a cute way, it's a white card, but hey, white gets the bonus. Oh, isn't it convenient that white happens to be the lowest? Um, also, you'll notice in line, those are all creatures that begin, I believe, with the letter A and B. Actually, it might all be letter A. I think what we did is we told the artist, have these creatures standing in line, and they're all creatures from recently, in Magic's not-too-distant past at the time, that started with A. Um, next, Flassify. To you, counter-target spell, unless it's controller page three and a half. So this is another one of our, our simple fraction cards. And you can kind of tell why I really liked having fractions in the set. It allowed us to make a lot of really, you know, I mean, relatively light text cards. Um, and Philosophy is one of those. I mean, it's just very straightforward. Next, Forest. Okay, so one of the things we did in Unglued was we had full art frame forest, uh, full art frame basic lands. It was an idea I got from Chris Rush. Chris Rush, uh, the artist who did Black Lotus, and among other things, had always wanted to do it. I loved the idea. When I was looking for something different to do with Unglued, I, I got the idea of, of Full Art Lands. So this time, I wanted to do Full Art Lands again, but I wanted to do something a little different. So I, I decided to push it a little more. How Full Art could we go? So it turns out, by the way, I got down to two versions. There was this version that had a little teeny tiny border, and I had a version that had no border, that just literally went to the edge. Um, same art, obviously. Uh, I, I had John Avon do the art. John Avon does amazing art. And so uh, I, I went to our art director and go, please, 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 let, let John Avon do the art. And he did. And John Avon did amazing art. Um, so one of the things that happened was we decided to do, I mean, it was my call. I chose to end up with a tiny border because I showed it to a lot of people. And there's a bunch of people that felt like without the border, it didn't feel like a magic card. 
I personally liked the no border one better. I thought aesthetically it was a little cooler looking. Uh, but I ended up going with the border because enough people made the comment that it didn't feel like a magic card that I changed it. Next, form of the squirrel. G for an enchantment. As form of the squirrel comes into play, put a 1-1 green squirrel token into play. You lose the game when it leaves play. Creatures can't attack you. You can't be the target of spells or abilities. You can't play spells. So the idea is you turn into a squirrel. This is a playoff form of the dragon. Uh, this is the card that caused the most problems in templating. Uh, for a while, it's like the, my favorite template that we didn't go with was like uh, put a squirrel token into play. This is you, or it's you, or whatever. Uh, and the idea essentially is when you play this, you become a squirrel, and you're just super vulnerable. Um, but no one can harm you because now you're the squirrel. Uh, there's a, there's weird combos you can do with this card, and and just trying to win with it's fun. It's definitely it, it has a, some uber Johnny qualities. I actually thought it was very funny. Um, I'm not. We don't do squirrels in Blackboard right now, or not in normal expansions. And so, um, in the unsets, I always try to put squirrels in just because I think squirrels are funny and they they make sense here. So I, I always try to make make a few squirrel references in any unset I do. Fraction Jackson. It's two in a green for one, one and a half. For green, tap, return target creature with a half on it from your graveyard to your hand. So we did a lot of fractions, so I wanted to make a build around me um, fraction. You know, I, I wanted you to build a fraction deck. And so in order to do that, I needed to have a card that would maybe you want to play a lot of cards with fractions. So this seemed like a nice, clean way. It's a green card that gets fractions back. Obviously, it has fractions, so you can get itself back. Um, Fraction Jackson, by the way, is a play on a movie starring, I think, Carl Weathers called Action Jackson, which might be a somewhat not well-known reference, but uh, that, that's what the reference is. Um, okay, I am at work, but because of my quest, to get through, I'm going to do two more cards, and then I will call it a day. Um, actually, I'll do three more cards. I'm going to get through the letter F. So I'm, I'm going to sit in my parking spot here and, and, and quickly do three more cards just so we can get through these. So I, I, do, I don't want this to be a forever a number of podcasts. Framed is one you. Tap, all, tap or untap all permanents by the artist of your choice. Um, flavor text is, who knew an 8x10 could feel like a 2x4? That's a very clever flavor text. Uh, uh, so the idea is it's a piece of art that looks like a normal magic art, but then someone is framing it, literally putting a frame around it in the art. I thought that's cute. Um, and as an exclamation point, it's one of, I think, three cards of exclamation points. Uh, unsets like exclamation points. Uh, this is another Artist Matters card. Pretty simple, straightforward. Then we get Frankie Peanuts, one of the legendary creatures. Uh, 2 ww 23 At the beginning of your upkeep, it's an elf, a legendary creature, Elephant Rogue. At the beginning of your upkeep, you may ask target player a yes or no question. If you do, that player answers the question truthfully and abides by that answer, if able, until end of turn. Frankie Peanuts is a very fun card. The reason it's legendary is I didn't want you to have more than one play at once. That said, there's lots of shenanigans. I just got an interesting question online on my blog about Frankie Peanuts and, uh, what's it called, staying power. Yes, they work. Yes, if you have staying power out and they answer a question, they're obliged to follow that question to the best of their ability for the rest of the game. Um, you know, a combo for you. Uh, Frankie Peanuts has gotten a lot of questions. People are always like, can I do this? Can I do that? And the idea is this card is supposed to let you sort of set up some fun things and ask people questions. Um, there are some mean things you can do with the card. The intent really isn't to do the mean things, and I made it legendary to lessen the number of mean things you can do. Um, but anyway, I think Frankie Peanuts is a lot of fun. Finally, Frazzled Editor. Uh, so Frazzled Editor is a 1R human bureaucrat, 2-2. Two, two. It's got protection from wordy. So this actually, ironically, has errata. Frazzled Editor is the card that the text was written incorrectly, ironically, not on purpose. Um, protection from wordy is not supposed to count reminder text. Sorry, not supposed to count flavor text. 
It's how much text do you have in your card that's actual rule text, not flavor text. Um, anyway, this card definitely, um, uh, make sure you read the flavor text. This flavor text is, a. Uh, there's some spicy jokes in this set, because uh, I try to do my family-friendly podcast. I'll just say, read the unedited version of the flavor text. Um, oh, I will mention, by the way, that the, all the text, all the writing, all the editing that's done on this card was actually done by Del Loggle, who is our editor. Um, so the, the Frizzle editor is edited by our actual editor. Um, her husband is Randy Bueller, who at the time, he did the writing on Look at Me, I'm R&D. And so uh, it's cute that the two cards with the writing on them by R&D folk were married. So anyway, a little, little sort of um, Anyway, that, I've gotten through F, so I ended on Gleemax. Next time, we'll talk Gleemax. So hopefully, with my faster pace, we will get through this. I hope you guys are enjoying our tip through Unhinge. Um, this is one of my favorite sets, so it is really, really fun to talk them through. Anyway, I am now in the parking lot, which means it's time for me to be making magic. Thanks for joining me, guys.